Hello my beautiful subscribers. How is everyone doing? I hope we're still somewhat sane. It's like month six or seven into this pandemic and I'm starting to become sick of everything. Hopefully y'all are hanging in there. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. Today we're going to be talking about human behavior. Humans are self-centered creatures. We think that what benefits us is fair. We engage in biased evaluation of our own skills. And we end up finding ourselves superior to others. This little feature is known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. If you've ever wondered why ignorant people speak with such confidence, this is why. They've overestimated their knowledge in an area, although they lack awareness in it, and now they're convinced that they know more than others. So they go about talking like they do. Humans also think of our reality as the one reality of the world, even though there are so many different realities that exist. So how can we account for this self-centered error? Mindful awareness helps. You learn about these biases and you start to notice yourself doing them and then you can correct whatever needs to be corrected. Um, you will also notice others doing them and this will lead you to be more understanding. Self-compassion also helps. You have to be kind to yourself. You have to give yourself what you need so that you will grow. What do I mean by that? Let's look at plants. Plants know exactly what they need and if they get anything less than that or even more they simply won't grow and they won't thrive we are similar to plants in that way we too know what we need most of the time but we have those pesky feelings we are stubborn and too often we remain in situations just trying to force ourselves to grow in these unnatural ways por nuestros pinches huevos We've got to kill that ego, and we have to go where what is needed for our growth will be provided. Even if that means you got to be alone. Even if that means leaving someone who has potential. Potential is not enough. Potential can keep you trapped. Of course, not all humans know what they need yet. Some are still figuring it out. But once you figure it out, you have to be strong and accept only what it is you need. The irony is that usually the humans who have something wrong with them, such as a mental or physical illness, are the ones who know themselves. Why is that? Because those humans have felt broken, and when you feel broken, you eventually try to figure out how to fix those cracks. You really get to know your body and your mind and what it is that it needs to thrive. The self. The self is everything and nothing at once. The world is full of different selves trying to find other selves like them. 
too often we fail because we start searching for those other selves before fully knowing ourselves. In the last episode, I discussed the bias that exists in the legal system, and it got me thinking about all the other biases that I learned in my psych classes and how much they helped me understand about human behavior. There are so many biases out there, and they explain so many behaviors. For this episode, which will actually be the last episode of Psicología para la Gente, no se preocupen, I'm not ending the podcast. I'm just doing a slight name change, and I will also be posting episodes more frequently, yeah, yeah, because I need the joy that I get from creating these way more often. So like I was saying, this episode is going to discuss different biases that I find interesting. Let us begin with the biases related to the self. Number one, the self-serving bias. This is the tendency to assign positive events to one's own character, but negative events to external factors. In people who live with depression, we actually see the opposite of this. Those who are depressed think the negative events happen because of them, but the positive was just rare luck. Um, let's not start with depression, though, because that's for another day. So according to the self-serving bias, if something good happens, we tell ourselves, Yes, you did that, queen! But if something bad happens, we say, Ah, the universe was out to get you, queen. Why? Why do we do this? One, because we are motivated to see ourselves and our future positively. I don't know about y'all, but I have very rarely thought of anything negative being a part of my future. Two, we believe that we have control over our outcomes. You might think, if I eat healthy, I'll live a long life, but healthy people can still die young due to many other uncontrollable events. This self-serving bias, it's, it's getting borderline egotistical, right? But it's not a bad thing that we do this. You see, giving ourselves credit for the positives boosts our confidence, and blaming anything but ourselves for the negative protects our self-esteem. Boosting our confidence and protecting our self-esteem those sound like good things, and they are. That is, until we start blocking our growth by not taking accountability. Because the truth is, sometimes the negatives are a direct outcome of our own behaviors. And we have to be able to recognize that so we can do whatever work needs to be done to improve. And therefore, you gotta make sure that you reflect on the negative events every once in a while because... That's how you are going to discover if you are causing them, and then you'll be able to fix it. These motivations to see ourselves in future positively and the belief that we have control, they affect how we attend to, how we encode, and how we process information. It's been found that these motivations influence our representations of concepts, aka schema. Schema is the knowledge that our brain holds about different concepts or stimuli. So wait, these motivations influence our representations of concepts? That's crazy. What do you mean? Let me offer some ejemplos. What do you think of when you think of a good leader? 
a good friend, a good child? Did you think of any traits that you yourself have? It's highly likely that our representations of concepts are influenced by self-serving bias means that we tend to define categories in self-serving ways. Good blank is whatever we are. We even define traits in self-serving ways. What does it mean to be dependable? Whatever behaviors we think make us dependable, right? We also define performance in self-serving ways. Cleanliness, special talents, workouts. We look at how clean we are. What are our special talents? What type of workouts are we able to do at what intensity? These are all perfect examples of how I was saying we only see our reality. A different person would most likely describe these concepts, traits, and performance differently because they are different and they're going to do it based on themselves. So although it's great that the self-serving bias allows us to protect ourselves, we want to be aware enough about it so that we are able to recognize when outcomes truly were situational or when they were due to our own qualities, regardless of how positive or negative the outcome was. The temporal self-appraisal theory is another type of bias. This theory states that we have a notion of ourselves as a string of selves that vary in psychological closeness to our present selves. How does this notion affect us? We think of ourselves as improving over time because, again, we are motivated to think positively of ourselves. Therefore, our past selves end up providing a downward comparison regardless of if there was improvement in a certain objective or not. What do I mean by this? Think about your life five years ago. I'm sure there was a goal you had in mind that you would reach within five years. Did you reach that goal? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But regardless, when you remember five years ago and compare yourself to the present, you are very likely to think that you are doing way better now than you were then. In one study, people were asked to rate themselves on positive traits months ago versus now. The rating was higher for the present than for the past. But when you asked them to rate an acquaintance, the rating didn't really change. This is because we have positive illusions about ourselves. Sometimes those illusions can be unrealistically positive. For example, the belief that one's flaws are common, but our strengths are unique. Or the fact that students will overestimate how well they'll do on exams, but underestimate how long assignments will take to complete. Financial analysts will even overestimate corporate earnings. These are all positive illusions. Temporal proximity, how close in time an event is, plays a big role in positive illusions. If you're asked, how many squats will you do tomorrow versus one month from now, you're more likely to say that you're going to do more squats in a month than you will tomorrow. Self-esteem also plays a role. If someone has low self-esteem and they're asked, oh, how do you think you'll look in this outfit? They're probably going to say bad things. Exaggerated perceptions of personal control also play a role. What does this mean? 
It means that people seem to think that they have control over things they don't. Think about when you buy a lotto ticket. Most people would rather choose their own random numbers than get a quick pick, which is just random numbers. They're all random numbers, right? But we believe that because we are choosing these numbers, there's some special meaning behind them, they are more likely to win. That's an exaggerated perception of personal control. What are the consequences of these positive illusions? Well, the good is that it leads to better physical health, there's lower cardiovascular responses to stress, faster recovery from illnesses and injuries, lower cortisol levels, and better mental health. The bad is that people can take a defensive neurotism position and they can be liked less by others. Now let's talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy. This is when you cause something to become true just by expecting it to come true. Also known as the law of attraction nowadays. This is a very powerful phenomena and it can be used to accomplish a lot of goals. It sounds magical and it high-key is, but there's also a logical explanation behind it. We have thoughts all day, every day, all the time, right? These thoughts lead to behaviors. And those behaviors eventually lead to an outcome. When we are expecting an outcome, we are more likely to change our behaviors to lead to that outcome. For example, if you are about to perform in front of a group of people and you start thinking about how unprepared you are, then you're probably going to feel really insecure up there. You're going to get nervous, you're going to stutter, you might trip and fall on the way up there. Who knows? But you're going to pretty much fulfill that prophecy and end up looking unprepared as fuck up there. Versus if you're chill and you're like, I got this, I'm going to be super confident, then your behaviors are more likely to portray that and you will achieve that. You'll look confident to the crowd. Definitely powerful stuff there that can be used to achieve many different goals. The in-group bias is another bias that affects pretty much everyone out there. This one is the tendency to favor our own group over others. This can be anything as innocent as your favorite basketball team, right? We would favor other people that also like that basketball team, or it can be anything as harmful as race. In-group bias can lead to a very strong us versus them feeling, and we've all seen the outcome of that in oppression that we are currently still trying to break apart and dismantle that in the back of your mind. Hmm, am I just favoring this person because I feel like they're a part of my group? Or 
Is this person really someone who should be favored? Then there's optimism slash pessimism bias. This states that if we are in a good optimistic state, we overestimate the likelihood of the positive outcomes. But if we're feeling bad or pessimistic, we are going to overestimate the likelihood of negative outcomes. So how can we use this bias to our advantage now that we have the knowledge? Well, how about let's not make any choices or life-changing decisions unless we're feeling good or optimistic because we don't want to give power to that negativity, the pessimism. So if we're feeling bad, negative, let's just hold off on decision-making. Another bias is something known as declinism. This is the belief that a society is declining constantly, that things were better before. This tends to happen because most people don't like change. They like their world to make sense. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. That's why people have routines. They like shit to run smoothly. They don't want any inconveniences. Another popular one is a black or white fallacy. This is a tendency to only see two alternatives, two choices, two outcomes, when in reality there are a numerous of gray areas that can happen. Um, earlier how I was saying that we tend to see our reality as the only reality, well, this is similar to that, right? Um, also, let's think about you know, when, how do you get to a store? Have you ever driven somewhere with a friend in different cars and they're like, oh, I bet I'll get there faster than you. My way is better than yours. And you're like, all right, whatever, let's race. But we tend to think like, oh, there's only one way to get to the store or two ways. When in reality, there are so many ways to get to the store. Like you can make all these crazy turns. You can just go straight for a mile and then make one turn. You can freaking go all the way around town and make a crazy loop either way you're still gonna get to the store right but our minds they tend to just see one or the other misses all the in-betweens the last bias that i'm going to be talking about is the curse of knowledge this is when we assume that others know the same information that we know this happens because when we learn something new, we forget that there was a time we didn't know what we know. So how could others not know, right? The curse of knowledge. This is one that I actually find myself falling for a lot. And I have to remind myself, like, you are you, they are them we don't all have the same knowledge like this person might not have known. And then I have to decide, do I educate them? Do I just let them be? That decision requires a lot of other information. Does this person care to be educated? Is this person open to receiving education 
do I care to educate right now? So obviously there are a lot more biases and fallacies and prophecies and whatever you want to call them out there than the few that I mentioned today. The point is that these all affect our thoughts and consequently our behaviors. Some of these are actually used by others to purposely obtain a desired outcome. So, in my opinion, it's important to learn and understand them so that you can become aware of when they're being used towards you, especially in a sneaky way, and your ass doesn't get played. Or, if you know, if you want to learn them to play others, that's up to you. But either way, these should definitely be looked into because they're going to help you understand your behaviors and those of others, which if you're someone that tends to take things very personal, this, you know, learning these might be very beneficial for you. Like, huh, that's why this person is acting this way. Okay. That's today's short episode about how the many biases that exist can affect human behavior. Um, like I said earlier, some changes are coming. Meditate a little extra. Keep that positivity up. Give yourself rest and Make sure you do things that bring you joy and recharge because it's tough times right now. Tough times, but we got this. We are warriors. The curse of knowledge.